You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your most humblest host here at the Next Level Podcast. And man, oh man, oh man, have we had terrific guest after terrific guest after terrific guest. And listen, it gets even more terrific. <laughs> is that even a word? Terrificer. That's right. I said it. Listen, it's going to be fun. You are in for a treat today. And here is another one of our friends that we got introduced to by the, uh, no other than the great beautiful, wonderful Sandy McGuire for this introduction. My good friend now, my brother from a different mother, Michael Manny. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, Michael, I'm doing great. Uh, sitting here talking to you from beautiful California. It's about 100 degrees today, and I'm in North Hollywood. So it's a pleasure to be on and uh, and chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I know you're, you're working in your studio, man, and uh, which I love that. I want to introduce you, bro, because you're, you're, you're a big deal. And uh, you're a Grammy award-winning composer and producer. Uh, you got a Grammy award for the instrumental song of the year, Supernatural album featuring Carlos Sant Santana and Eric Clapton. Uh, you're also the owner and founder of the Jam Music Production Studios in North Hollywood, which is probably where you're at now. Also, you, you've done uh, writing and producing for Quincy Jones, J-Lo, Becky G, The Backstreet Boys, Diana Ross, Mar Mar Mariah Carey, uh, Tori uh, Kelly, X Factor uh, winner, Leona uh, Lewis, Santana, Lady Gaga, Raven, The Saturdays, Westlife, Tech, and uh, 9NE, Nick Cannon. My God, man. Is there anybody you haven't written and produced for? Uh, discovered and signed and produced a signing rapping sensation, Tori Kelly and Becky G. Composer, done stuff with Honda, Coca-Cola, Apple, Empire, Taco Bell, all of these great companies. And, bro, you are the bomb man and you know it, it what i really like michael about you is when sandy introduced us and we got on the phone together i don't know five six seven eight weeks ago whatever it was instantly we had a connection and that's because number one you're a brother in christ but number two you, uh, i think we're from the same genre the same in the same age factor here and we just really connected in a way uh you know not only just in in, in jesus but also in political in our, in our life and our journey and uh yeah, so, man, welcome to the Next Level Podcast, bro. You are the epitome of Next Level. <laughs> wow. Well, well, thank you so much, Michael. It, it, again, it's a pleasure. And, uh, man, kind of uh, taking the journey as you're reading those credits off. You forget the walk because you're always looking forward. You're not looking back, right? But, uh, man, God's done some amazing things for me on my path. He's opened so many doors, and I couldn't couldn't have done it without him. Amen. At all. Amen. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and so... Yeah, so you guys, you and Julianne, your wife is Julian, right? Or Julianne? Julian, yeah, Julianne. Yes, and she's coming out to Echoes as well. And uh, she's a, I understand, she's a big, uh, big time lawyer there in, in California. And you guys are just like a power couple, which is really cool. Uh, all right, so I've got some questions for you, man. I mean, you know, you know, uh, my family, for whatever reason, God has brought me into this music industry. 
and not and because you know I you know I like music, but I grew up with Foreigner and Boston and and U uh, two and uh, you know uh, <laughs> you know uh, I you know I like Abba you know and I but I like and so when I gave my life to Jesus, you know, I discovered a whole new genre of music. I did, and uh, my daughter ended up marrying Blake Kanika, who toured for four years for King and Country, ended up winning a Grammy with them. And now he's a songwriter and producer and done Victory Boyd and some other people I've introduced. But what's really interesting is how God bring me into this music world. Uh, And so how did you, because I'm not a musician, not a bit, couldn't write a song, can't carry a tune with a bucket. Okay. But (laughs) how did you become this wizard of a producer, songwriter, composer? Well, I think there, I think music's in all of us. God, God is music. He is the origin of music. He's the creator. And uh, I was born into a musical family. My mom was a classical pianist. My dad was a, kind of a singer. And uh, my brothers were musicians. I was the youngest of three. We had a band growing up. So it was just, it was in our house. We, we'd get home from school and we'd go out and do our, uh, my parents had made a guest house. We, we converted into a rehearsal room. And we'd go out and we'd jam every day after school. And um, as we got older, I got more into songwriting and production. And I was meeting more and more musicians in the area. And uh, my parents were very supportive. They bought me whatever I needed as far as equipment. And uh, I was right in the time where keyboards were uh, were evolving and you could record more music and more music at home. Not like it is today where every kid's got a laptop and and they've got a recording studio at their fingertips. You had to buy a lot of gear and you needed $34,000 worth of things, which I eventually put together in my house and, and, and learned. I I was just woodshedding on that. I probably should have done more homework, but I was working on my gear all the time. And uh, I started to get a little name for myself for having all the recording equipment. And I learned that Neil Sean from journey lived down the street. Wow. And I was working with a singer in a small band and he turned out to be a, a, a pretty big singer. Now he's in Mr. Big, but his name is Eric Martin. And I started writing songs with him and he was managed by uh, Herbie Herbert, who was managing journey. And so through Eric, I used to have Neil come over and just play solos. I was this teenage kid living a dream, had all this equipment and doing demos for people. So it, it just kind of started right there. That is so cool i mean i'm just i'm sitting here listening to you You live down the road from the guy from journey like oh my gosh you know uh i'm already starstruck all right so uh because these guys are just fortunate enough i I grew up in marin county which is north north bay and there was a lot of musicians that had kind of settled there so you had Mm -hmm. santana and sammy hagar and uh you know the guys from jefferson starship and you know i was meeting all these people in the recording studio so it was really a great experience great place to come up as a musician yeah no doubt (laughs) i mean no doubt i mean uh michael have you written a book about this no oh my gosh oh my gosh all right i'm gonna have to put you into my coaching uh sphere because i gotta get this book so when you come when you come to dallas for echoes man you and i are gonna do some hanging out and uh uh yeah yeah this could be fun all right so uh all right so you're in the in marin county and i love it i used to love it anyway it's beautiful up there and uh we used to go to the mere woods and it was just wonderful and go over to sausalito and you know that type of thing which is which is just gorgeous country all right so then you probably now you're not you know 
the Beach Boys and all the Brian Williams and or I think it's Brian Williams. It came up before that, but in the same kind of space. Yes. Um, yeah, that was a little before my time, but right. my older brother was six years older than me. So I got introduced to the Stones, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, some real great classic songwriting. And, and I I was just influenced by so much. He was also into jazz and, mm-hmm. and Latin music. And my mom is a classical pianist. And so I we used to play it. Um, I turned my brothers and I started playing weddings and bar, mitz- bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. Um, in high school dances, and I turned out to be kind of the business guy. So when people would call in to hire us, I'd do all the books and and collect the payments and everything. So I kind of got the business acumen uh, from from doing that with my brothers. But uh, it was cool. that was a great experience too because it forced us to learn a lot of different material for these events, jazz and and all these things, which I now incorporate into the music I compose. All right, so. Your stories, I can't wait. I just, I love all this. All right, so, because that's, you know, again, I wasn't a musical person, I but I remember, you know, in 1970, you know, six, you know, Boston released, I don't know, an album and on eight-track tapes. I don't know if you remember those or not, but, but, but uh, you know, I was, I was like 16 years old, 15 years old when it came out. And, you know, more than a feeling, you know, it was like, the song and played that thing until my head fell off. And then, then I remember in the, uh, I guess, what was it? Pink Floyd came out with the wall and that was like in 19, what, 80, 1981, maybe earlier. Uh, but all that stuff, I just really enjoyed that music and I didn't understand it. You know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the words, but I understand it. I under, I like the music and the harmony. So, all right, with, with what you do, Michael, all right, tell me this. There's got to, and I know you're going to go into some detail in our breakouts when you guys come to Dallas. But you know, are you did you, did you discover that you had an ear for this? Are you did you could could you know the hear the pitch? Could you understand it? The language of music. When uh when I was a little kid, I used to walk around humming ideas. I had ideas in my head. When I was seven years old, there was a knock at the door and a grand piano was delivered. My mom bought a piano. And when it was set up, she started playing and she said, I stood next to the piano and I just looked at her. I said, show me. Wow. And she started showing me little things. And then she she would play during the day. And then she noticed while she was cooking dinner that I'd be picking out all the little things at the piano, the classical bits that she was playing. So I developed it. I had an ear for it. And I used to sit at the piano. It was my favorite play toy in the world, was sitting at the piano and just improvising and writing and creating things. So I've always had this, this air of creativity. God gave me that gift. So and it, it's just been something that I've uh I've just appreciated and, and worked from and tapped into. Awesome. It's really right. good. Now you've got this great voice. You've got this radio voice. Have you been told that before? Uh, only when I call into uh telemarketers. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome all right so uh tell me how your journey to jesus was well i, I was raised catholic mm-hmm. mom used to teach catechism mm-hmm. and um so we were you know the the family that went to church every sunday together and i've always had a real strong belief in jesus i always felt him um uh, ever since i was a little kid and had a kind of a, a connection to him and felt him through my music, would always get chills when I sat at the piano. Um, 
later in life, as I kind of veered off the path in high school and and was enjoying playing in bands and being in clubs and things, um, God kind of grabbed a hold of me. This is back now. I'm in my 20s mm-hmm. shooting forward. And I was playing the piano. And I, as I was playing the piano, I was improvising on a piece of music. And I had my eyes closed and I was playing in, in my apartment at the time. I had an upright piano. It was really out of tune. And as I was playing, the notes started to become really pure and sounded in tune. And as I was playing, the, the notes started to sound like horn blasts in a way, if you if wow. you will. And it just kept getting more powerful. And I don't really remember what I was playing, but it was just coming out of my fingertips. And as I played, uh, like I said, the the notes started to sound like horns. And I, I saw this cloud in the sky with gold rays coming through it that parted. And I looked in and I saw musical notes, just infinity, like sand, wow. grains of sand, just a huge vault full of music. And I, it was like God was opening up his music vault, letting me have a quick glimpse where he would send, he sent the music to Mozart and Beethoven and the Beatles. It, everybody gets it from the same source from God. That's what I, and as I was playing, it just, energy from the piano got so strong, it blew me off the back of the piano bench. And I remember I was just laying on the floor shaking as God kind of had a hold on me and pressed into my chest and said he wanted to use me and wanted to raise me up. And I was going to be a powerful warrior for him. And oh, but I had to stay. Uh, I was veering off a little bit, but he needed me to stay close and uh, and keep myself clean. <laughs> if you will. Let, Oh, I understand completely. Man, oh, man, I love that, Michael. I had that's a, this is the first time I've ever heard that. And. Oh my gosh! I can't wait till you share that with in the breakout rooms here in Dallas. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in your breakout room telling you what to share. Just want you to know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm gonna be directing you because this stuff is too cool. I love that. I, I I just I'm getting an image of that right now, and it's just beautiful, man. The way you described it. Uh, so, yeah. The, the days after that, um, I walked in such a cloud of peace. Um, I've never quite felt that level because the, you know, the earth kind of dumps all of its problems back on you and then you start worrying about everything else. But mm-hmm. man, the, the essence of God, the peace of God is just incredible. I hadn't, it removed all fear of life and Come I'll on. never forget. Come on. I love that. I love that. That's going in the book. That, that, that deal's going in the book. All right. And so, uh, we're going to get busy. You and I, <laughs> you're going you're, you're gonna to get really bored with McIntyre or frustrated with him, but that's okay. That's, that's. That's why we're together. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you go on and you got this amazing career. What, what do you, what, what would you say your biggest, your, what was your first big break, Michael? You know, I'd been uh, recording songs, like I said, with this singer, Eric Martin, who is probably in the area, I'd, you know, long story short, kind of worked my way to the best musicians I could find. I've always had a knack to try to network get along with people. And when you have your opportunity, I practiced enough, you could always shine. So if I had to play keyboards for somebody, they'd always want to know, oh, what's your number? And then I would get phone calls later. And um, Eric, working on his own and being with Journey's Management, got a record deal um, with Epic Records. Mm -hmm. And he and I had been writing songs. So he went to LA and invited me to come down with him. I was 18, 19 years old. Wow, and I saw the uh, Oak Ridge Apartments, and when I walked into the ho- into the apartment, my roommate was Randy Jackson. Oh my, the God. bass player, American <laughs> Idol. 
And Randy was a session bass player, amazing musician, and working up in Marin, where I lived. He worked at a recording studio for a producer named Nardo Michael Walden, who had just started producing Kenny G. And he had had a lot of hits on his own. And Aretha Franklin, he did a Freeway of Love and Who's Zoom and Who. And he had a new artist in named Whitney Houston at the time. And and so I know Narda. Narda was a big fish in, in, in my pond up in Marin. So Randy, Randy and I hung out for weeks working on Eric's record. The drummer on the sessions, check this out, was Stan Lynch from Tom Petty. Uh, Billy Kane was the other keyboard player from Little Feet. Danny Korchmar was the guitar player. And he had just uh, finished producing Don Henley's Building the Perfect Beast, Boys of Summer, and all that stuff. Wow. And we were recording at Record One, a big studio here in L.A., so I was just I was in the studio with these guys every day going, this is what I want to do. This mm-hmm. this all of my efforts, all of the working in my parents back backyard uh, studio is paying off. And, you know, all of the woodshedding, I I knew I knew what to do and I knew what I wanted to do. And I was now I was getting getting the opportunity. Um, it was interesting. Danny Korchmar, the guitar player, was producing the record and we went up to his house during the sessions and Eric and I showed him a song. Randy was there too, and he was playing bass. We showed him the song, and he said, "We're recording that song tomorrow." And the album was kind of a big deal. A lot of writers in LA were trying to get on the project, and the song we ended up recording the next day turned out to be the single for the album. Wow! So, wow. Uh, so that that was kind of my shoe into making records. And then he went on tour, and I went on tour with him. And I started meeting other musicians on tour. We were opening up for Eddie Money and bands like that. And when I got off tour, I went to see Randy at Narda's studio, Narda Michael Walden, the producer I mentioned. And uh, they needed somebody to start uh, to work in the front office doing administrative work and picking up sandwiches and dry cleaning and stuff. I just wanted to get my foot in the door. And he had a little studio in the back. And he asked me if I wanted to start doing demos for some of his records at some point along the way. And I, I used to get in trouble because instead of doing the work in the front of the studio, I was hanging out in the back with all the musicians. Yeah. And the, the studio's like, where's Mike? I, I eventually got fired from that job, <laughs> hired by Nardo to do demos. And uh, so that was kind of, and, and um, from that point, Narda put me on an album. The first album I recorded, I remember was for, for Lou Rawls. <laughs> oh my gosh. People. Yes. Yeah. That is all right. So, I love that. So you your big break came in going down there and uh, rooming with uh, Randy Jackson. You're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you just, and you felt at home on this. You knew what you knew that the woodshedding, as you call it, you figured it out. Yeah, I was prepared. I I'd been recording. I uh, put my own gear together. I had an eight track. Uh, studio that I learned all the engineering on my own and you didn't have YouTube back then. So right. just kind of had to try everything out and see what worked. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned an album by Boston, that very first Boston album was a big influence because he had all this processing on his guitars and, and drums. And I kind of studied that record to learn how to use that kind of equipment. And do so that was a, that was a big influence on me, but wow, um, I love that. It's, it's just, you know, when, 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 and Michael, you've got it. You've got what I love that you've done with yourself, with your life, with your career is is honor the Lord because he made you this way. Yeah. And, you know, this this is the specs that he this is the we call it, you, you know, you never left the restoration of your specifications that he made. And I love that. And that's why. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, he always pulls me back, though. You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, I mean, listen, we live in a broken world, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it, it just is. And that's why we have to have community. That's why, you know, Zig Ziglar, one of my mentors, uh, blessed by him, uh, he said, you know, people always tell me, McIntyre, that, you know, motivation doesn't last. And I said, yeah, it doesn't, does it? He said, no, nope, but neither does a shower. And that's why we take one every day, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, you've got to, you've got, you've got to stay in that place, right? And yeah, what, you know, if we're all, you know, Jesus went out there and got 12 guys to run with him, you know, because he knew, you know, he didn't need them, but they needed each other. Right. And he wanted them to spread the word, which they did, but they needed each other because, I mean, look at Peter betrayed him three times. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, so no, I, I just, I just love your stories. My gosh, man, I can't wait to help you write this book. Okay. So we're going to have some fun and I'm going to talk to Julian uh, when she gets here and convince her to have you do this. Okay. I don't know her yet, but I got a feeling I kind of do in the spirit, you know, and so, yeah, we're going to, and, and Sandy McGuire is going to join us at dinner that night, I think. Can't wait. And and Julianne and Sandy are very kindred spirits. They're, they're definitely sisters from another yeah. mister. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. All right. So, man, you're at the studio. You look cool. Uh, you're a handsome guy. You love Jesus. You got a great marriage. Tell me, tell me how long you've been married. Been married 20, 20 years, going on 21 years. Wow. Good. And, and how did uh, you guys meet? Lord put her in my life uh, in San Francisco, and we kept running into each other at the most inopportune times. I'd have a girlfriend, she'd have a boyfriend, and uh, but she was beautiful and she was easy to talk to, and uh, and she loved God. It could, we talked about God. We we eventually went on our first date, and I told her the story that I just told you about, which I don't tell to too many people about playing the piano and how God struck me off the back of the bench, and uh, and she looked at me with. You're my soulmate. And Come we on. just kind of connected after that story. And uh, we've been together ever since. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, you know, there, there's only a few million people are going to listen to this. We're, we're nipping at Joe Re uh, Rogan's heels, so don't worry. We're not there yet. We're not Joe Rogan level, but we're, we're working on it. Maybe with this episode, we'll put us over, Michael. Uh, all right. So, uh, all right. So, you guys live in California, right? And, you know, it's crazy out there. Right. It's beautiful, but it's crazy. Right. How do you do it? Do you, I, I'm, how do we do live in California? I know it's you beautiful. Know, and, you know, I, listen, Stacy and I used to travel California in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And we were there when, you know, I wasn't there when Reagan was governor, but I was out there when Arnold was governor. But I and it, it wasn't crazy then. But. You know, it's kind of gotten crazy. I just want to know, since the pandemic, it's gotten a little bit more crazy. Yeah, you mentioned Ronald Reagan. I mean, I grew up in a Reagan household. Yeah. In fact, uh, after I moved to L.A. and had my daughter, my my parents moved to L.A. because they didn't want to be away from their granddaughter. Amen. And, but they, I think they're almost more excited because they became docents at the Reagan Library, which <laughs> I love it. 80, 89 years old. God bless her. Um. So it's, you know, you mentioned I grew up in California, born and raised. So I don't I, I it's not like I lived in Texas where you live and moved to California and tried to get along with all these nuts, nutty people and some of the vision and, and uh, political opinions that are here. Right. Um, 
But I've gone back to San Francisco from LA and it's really gone to shadow. It used to be a really pristine, beautiful city <laughs> yeah, to go out in. And that's where I, like I said, I met Julianne there. Yeah. And there was a lot of professionals, a lot of startup companies there, a lot of great music. And it's really sad what it's kind of become. I know. I mean, I, it used to be the, it used to, re, you know, Stacey and I would go out to San Francisco and it would always remind us of Italy, but in the United States, you know, because it, it was just really cool, you know, architecture and really, you know, it was kind of hilly and stuff and just right on the ocean. But yeah, God bless them. We're just, I, I, it, you know, we love Laguna Niguel. We love, you know, uh, that area. We love, you know, uh, Dana Point, all that stuff, you know, San Diego. Uh, and my son-in-love, he he does a lot of work for that church, Awaken, and there in San Diego. He does all their producing and stuff. But I'm going to have to come out there, and you're going to have to show me the good spots. Because I'm, so, sure I'm sure you scouted them out. Well, you know, I moved to L.A. Uh, about 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I did not like it. I wanted to get back to the Bay Area. So I said, I'm, I moved down here because I eventually found an artist named Tori Kelly off YouTube. Yeah. And he came down and met her and her parents and, and things just lit up. Another God shot, really. God puts everything in my path. But um, And we ended up writing a couple songs that got her a record deal kind of overnight. So next thing I know, I'm flying to L.A. all the time. And and I when my daughter was born, uh, I didn't want to be away from home up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So found a house down here and we ended up moving but i'm like wow. we're here five years back, going back going back to northern california so that was 18 years ago yeah i get it i understand i do i do all right my man well listen i uh, i always ask all of our guests and uh i we interviewed carrie lloyd uh who's coming i interviewed victory boyd who's coming and uh yeah, and uh, we've got some other. We're gonna have Alyssa Smith. Uh, she's gonna do some worship at Echoes. Uh, I think you know Alyssa Smith. Maybe uh, she did that. Surrounded. Uh, Michael W. Smith picked up her song and it, you know blasted to the you know stars. So it's gonna be really really fun, and I can't wait for your breakout because there's a lot of people who are gonna be coming in, uh, musicians, songwriters, book writers that they want to hear your process, you know, and because it's I don't know it. I mean, you know. I've never sat in a writing session for songs for songwriters or producers or any of that stuff, but I know there's, I, I, I take it there's a process. Now I've watched movies about it. I don't know how true that stuff is, but uh, anyways, I think it's going to be really cool. You're going to, you're going to do some. It all starts here for me. Let's do it. Let's do it.
gonna be fun man it's gonna be fun. all right so uh what scripture if any are you sitting on right now michael and why geez that's a good one i know all right uh, here, here let me give you another john, question go ahead john twenty twenty is always a powerful one for me where jesus appears to the disciples and he breathes on them and they receive the holy spirit and to me if he hadn't have done that we're we're toast <laughs> So the fact that he came back and blew that on them and, you know, uh, it, when I read that verse the very first time, I've read it. And then I, one night I was reading it and God, God just hit me. The Holy Spirit hit me and I've almost raised me off the bed. And it just that verse really is special. Man, I love that. I love how you so embrace the Holy Spirit, Michael. I do. I love it. I love that you're in that in that space, in the music production and producing and, and songwriting and bringing Jesus into that. And I know you're doing a lot of secular stuff too, but your, your presence is making a difference with all these people. And I think, you know, I just, I, I love that. All right. The next question is what, what, I love John 2020, 20, uh, what book, if any, are you reading right now that, that you'd like to share with the audience? Besides yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah are you reading it i am i've started it it's right. great um you know i've, I've been just trying to make honestly i i know this sounds cliche but i'm trying to make my way through the whole bible i've never written written uh never read the whole thing front to cover so i'm trying i'm trying to read it the whole no, thing it, it doesn't sound cliche at all stacy's done that bible in a year deal you know and she's done it twice and the fact that you're doing this, Michael, mean, means you're a better man than me. I'm just telling you. Try <laughs> to get through the book of numbers. That's a tough one. Ooh, I know. I hear. I know that and Ezekiel. But um, yeah, yeah, I get it, man. All right, my man. Well, Michael, thank you for taking the time out of your fantastical, busy, cool ba life i think it's really cool what you do man i love the way you stand for jesus and the holy spirit and uh yeah i look forward to having you at the echoes of creation conference and and listen for those that want to uh hang out with us you know thursday night or friday night lunchtime or whatever we're gonna have special vip dinners and and you'll be able to rub elbows with this guy and uh man i just i can't wait to talk to you about journey <laughs> <laughs> i gotta tell you that. 
anywhere in person, it, it will knock your socks off. Oh, I can't right. wait, bro. I can't wait. I'm excited. Well, man, thank you so much, Michael. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you and your beautiful wife in Dallas. And uh, yeah, keep on keep on rocking, bro. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate your time and uh, look forward to see you next month. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.